Hey everybody and welcome to Comfort in Death and Darkness. Sleepy time. <laughs> episode 3. <laughs> that might just be the episode title right there. <laughs> Sleepy time. I'm so tired. Well, I'm sure I'll wake you up with some of these things that I've got lined up for you today. Anyway, how are you? Apart from being tired. Tired. Just double tired. Yeah. Double tired. Anyway, right. Why do you keep moving the mic closer to you when you've got a more booming voice than I have? That is a fair point. See? Closer to you now. Charlie knows Just best. don't breathe onto the microphone. <sighs> no, I'll fuck with this. No. AMSR. Right, that. <laughs> you meant to say it. <laughs> is it a different way? Say it again? AMSR. S-M-A-R. Eh? I don't know what Wait, it is. what is it? You can make I might have just said American A-M- Horror Story. What did you say? AMSR. ASMR. We got the S and the M mixed up. ASMR. Don, that makes me feel sick. <laughs> it was my teeth. <laughs> I hate it when people grind their teeth. It makes me feel sick. I've got chocolate on my hand. Lovely. At least I hope it's chocolate. Let me lick them. Wait, no. I don't know. If you said that, then no. Um, so, again... Morbid reality, the subreddit coming through for me again. It was chocolate. Lovely. <laughs> so there was this headline that really fucking shook us. Shooketh. Shooketh. Got me shooketh. Shooketh me. I wasn't expecting to see it, especially a couple of days ago. It dropped like this, I think the episode dropped a week ago from release of this episode. And this dropped like three days after that. So the headline was, maybe mommy didn't mean to hurt me. Five-year-old told doctor of possible abuse months before he was killed. What the hell? Yeah, so this is... So is he either, like, a report on the abuse he was getting before he was killed, or is he, like, psychic? <laughs> Where's this story going? <laughs> he's not psychic. All right, okay. So four months before this little kid, he's called AJ. Um, they Styles. Were... Not, not AJ Styles. Uh, he's called Andrew Frund. Frund. I can't pronounce that last name. Um, he's called AJ, though. Before his parents were charged with his murder, the five-year-old shared information on possible abuse with doctors in Illinois. This little kid's body was found wrapped in plastic in a shallow grave. Um, How old was he, sorry? Five. That's awful. Yeah, those are his parents there. I'm showing sure Charlie a, sh- a picture of, a, of the parents. And this is the kid. It, things like this make me heartbroken, because, like, it just annoys us when people like abuse their children, and then you've got people out there that can't have children. Yeah, who would love a child to absolute bits, and they go ahead and they can have as many children as they want, and they do whatever they want, and then mm-hmm. they, like hurt them, abuse them, murder them. It's it's not on. Well, the it's worst disgusting. Bit is he was um, the pathologist found that he died of head trauma due to blood blunt forced injuries. Good. So it's not like he was you know just suddenly killed. He no, he was, was bad. bad. Yeah, things like this make me feel sick. Oh, it gets worse. So the kid's dad told a nine one one dispatcher that he put. He AJ... looks quite old though. Mm. So that he put AJ to bed on April seventeenth, and by the next morning he was gone. Is this this year? Yes. Yeah. This this month. Well, last month when this. His man looks like a cokehead. Pretty much, I think. Probably a little smack rat. <laughs> Don't go full Geordie on this podcast, please. <laughs> Raj Pocket. We have international listeners who will not understand a word you're saying. You can Google what I am saying. I don't think Raj Pocket comes up on Google Translate. Go on, have a look. <laughs> have a look. Spell Raj. R-A-D-G-E. Okay. I thought you were going to say R-A-G. No. Raj. <laughs> Pocket. You know how to spell Pocket. <laughs> Clearly not. You sound like you're saying it with an I. Pocket. That was an E. Anyway, right. Um, I got back from the doctor's appointment and checked on him to say good morning and he wasn't there. But, but the, the parents did it, both of them. But police say AJ's parents forced him to remain in a cold shower for an extended period of time and or struck AJ according to a criminal complaint filed Thursday. So basically, they killed the kid and then lied about it. Mm-hmm. But, God, this is... I hate things like this because it's just obviously kids shouldn't die before that time. But when their parents are the ones it's that are doing it, exactly. 
<sighs> it's a horrible world we live in. Protecting vulnerable children who come to our attention is at the core of our mission at DCFS. So at what point did he tell the police that he was getting abused? He told doctors four Was his mum and dad in the room? No. But I'm sure your mum and dad have to be in the room with you at all times, don't they? Not really. Sure. None do. of it's... We well, don't know the circumstances with which he was in the doctor's office. Mm. He could have been dropped off by one of them and just said, right, I'll be back in about five minutes. Yeah, I'm just going to go and buy me drugs. Yeah. Police responding to a hotline report found a large bruise on AJ's hip in December. At first, he told investigators the bruise came from the family dog, but an emergency room physician noticed that AJ later gave a different reason. Maybe someone hit me with a belt. Maybe mommy didn't mean to hurt me, he said, according to a Department of Children and Family Services summary of its report. The doctor did not determine the cause of the bruise, but said it could have resulted from a dog, belt, or football, according to DCFS. The case was closed a month later for lack of evidence. It sucks in these cases because you can't, you just can't force yourself into these people's lives, mm. even though how much you want to and how much you might suspect them of doing something. Yeah. And turns out you can't actually do anything until it's too late. Yep. Usually. Awful. Which is sucky. Anyway, well, I hate this Let's put a dampener on me, dear. Yeah. Well, would you like to play a game instead? What kind of game? Like Sims? No, not a video game. I love Sims. I know you do. You've said this on another episode. <laughs> oh, and um, just another thing. But Sims I don't want, too. <laughs> I don't want this to become the GSK ca- uh, cast. What? The GSK cast. What the hell is that? The Golden State Killer cast. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that to become this. Or the Vasily. I haven't mentioned him at all. Yeah. Yet. This episode, yeah, you mentioned him on the other I two. I was doing well though. Yeah, no, but, but if I you hadn't to. said that, I probably wouldn't have. Get all sassy with me, love. So the reason I want to bring him up is because in the last episode we said you said I'm sure his trial is this, um, this month, and I went, yeah, it's still April. It's not this month. It's not even close to being this year. I'm sure it said April Mm-mm. when we watched the thing. He had a hearing in April. Yeah, he's got another hearing in August. The trial has not started yet, though. The trial God, is not going to... how long gonna... does it take? This is ridiculous. He's probably going to be deed before Wait it, it starts. Wait for it. I was listening to um, The Murder Squad with uh, Paul Holes and... Ah, I can't remember the other guy's name. I'm so sorry. And he had a, a victim of the GSK. Yeah. He had a victim on the show and he was, like, questioning her. Not not rigorously, but, like, he was sort of just employing his old pe- like police tactics saying, like, like right, what colour shoes was he wearing? What colour pants was he wearing and like, and like what 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 was he wearing uh, and she was like obviously it was a long time ago she's like I, I don't remember and all stuff felt really sorry for her well of course you do felt really sorry for but just having to relive it um but hearing the way paul holes actually like went about asking her questions and stuff it was really like you can tell he was really fucking good at his job but yeah he said to her these things because the trial is so huge and the trial is just such a massive scale that this trial will not take place for a long time. And someone's theorised that the trial could last 10 years and cost taxpayers $20 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this is... Did they ever find, you know, the little trinkets he used to take from, like, women's houses? Probably, because when he was found, they had... I think his computer take, like, was something on. something like, a little memory, Yeah, didn't? I think he did. His computer was on, and it had, um, like... I don't know if it was images that he had taken, or if it was... Um, newspaper or news site articles on what he had done but he was reliving it reliving what he'd done up until the day he was captured jeez yeah so i can't imagine take... what then women feel though because like obviously they've now got a face to to their crime like to their like i think what it's... happened to them and thinking oh my god that man did that and they even put a face on him and thinking oh my god that was him i think the majority of those women are so like, the ones who lived yeah are a lot so... of them are relieved that it's no no, no over. i was gonna say i was gonna say that's so fucking heroic because yeah if i speaking had out about it no no no. if i had been like victimized and just destroyed in the way he did i mean he raped nearly all of them if i had been that way how on earth do you go about trusting another man enough to then start a family like yeah. surely, or being vulnerable to like have sex and stuff. Yeah, like sex would be like. How do you begin to get over that trauma? So like the women who lived through that, who like who obviously the people who weren't murdered, who were murdered. It's a hor- horrific tragedy and it should never have happened, especially because he was a cop for fuck's sake. But the ones who survived but did get raped, they are 
fucking heroes in my eyes. The way they've managed to carry on their lives, especially the ones who are still going today and got like just respectable members of society. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, do you want to play this game? Sure. <laughs> right, so this game. Do I have to think hard because I'm very tired? Uh, yeah. Oh, Not really. <laughs> Not really. Let me get comfortable. So, this game that I have not created... What do I win? You win information. I don't want to play that. <laughs> you win a kiss. No, I'm not playing. You win a food treat that I will bring you tomorrow. Okay, I'll play. There we go. <laughs> so this game is called... And I'm using a very original title for this. Fact or Fiction. I wonder what the game consists of. Well, I'll tell you. You've got three rounds... In each round, I'll tell you three stories. Two of them are fictional, and one of them is factual. Right. So, ready? Yeah. Round one. What does fact and fiction mean? I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Your oh face. <laughs> no, but seriously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Right, come on. Adam's going to get a kick out of that one. Give that Adam, give you a shout out this time. Not just Kev. Hi, Kev. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Okay, I'll see Nathan as well. Why not? Um, you want to give out a shout out to one of your friends? No. I don't have any friends. That's a lie. You know it. <laughs> anyway. Hi, right. Olivia. <laughs> it's not even my friend. It's my sister. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> well, no. That's my sister's that. not my friend. She's my best friend. Oh, uh, wait. I was your best friend. <laughs> no, my grandma's my best friend. And you, know, you know that. Shush. Right, so shout out to Washina, even though you don't have any form of listening to this. You have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Round one. Story number one. Right, so you ready? ready. Now use your noggin lightly because I know you're tired to try and figure out if these are real or fake. Don't say real or fake until I've reached the end of story three. Okay. Okay. So um, right, story one. A few young individuals uncover a a horrific string of incidents in their hometown where no one else notices a connection. The suspect uses what is known about the individuals to try and kill them. Eventually, they are able to face their fears and escape the evil thing. Story number two. A guy who loves driving often sleeps in his car, either alone or with his dogs, on country roads. One day after a long drive and a long dog walk, they drove to a spot that caravanners tend to use overnight, but found it was full. A little ways down the road was a lay-by and opposite that was a cottage. But there was plenty of trees around, so the guy just parked there, thinking it was safe. He eventually nodded off to sleep. But around 11pm, there was a high-pitched noise that woke them up, and he turned to see a man dragging something around his car while staring at him and walking slowly with a malicious grin. He then stood in front of the car, holding a kitchen knife, and didn't move while the horn was blaring at him. Eventually, the guy went back into the opposing cottage, and the guy and his dogs legged it. Afterwards, the car was completely battered. So this guy had left Turn a number up. on his car with yeah. a butter knife. Not a butter knife, a kitchen <laughs> knife. Well, it goes on the kitchen. A sharp, sharp <laughs> knife. And story three. A man and a woman are in a cabin in the snow and have been drinking. Between the warmth of the bed, the fire burning, and the booze, they weren't going to be moving anytime soon, especially when they heard a light knocking on the front door. They forgot about the knocking and eventually dropped off to sleep. The next morning, the woman went to the car to put their stuff in before noticing footprints in the snow walking up to and then away from the house. Maybe someone was like lost and they wanted to get in. There was a trail of blood accompanying the prince. Eventually, the trail leads. Prince? Prince. Eventually, the trail leads to a creek where the body of a man is found dead with no shoes or socks and stab wounds to the chest and torso. But if he was not going to get the no- The knocking at the door could have been that man's last-ditch effort at survival. Oh my god, that's right. awful. Was story one? Was story one, two, or three the real story? All of them. The one is fictional. Sorry, two are fictional and one is real. Give us a short summary of each again. So we've got the the man with the blood in the at snow. The cabin. The and then we've the got car. the guy at the car with the screaming thing and with the butter knife. 
And then the individuals then, uncovering the string of incidents in their hometown. I'm going to say the last one. So you think number three is? Like the real one. Correct. Story, the real one, mm-hmm. is story number... All of them. Two. Two. That would be my second option. That's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So story number two is a real one from the um, r slash let's not meet subreddit. Story number three is a piece of fiction from a, red, uh, a website devoted to making creepy Sounds stories. Sounds like that game you made me play, to be fair. What game? The one... Oh, Until Dawn. Yeah. Uh, and story one is actually the plot for the movie It. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that doesn't sound right. That was my third choice. Third and last. Right, so round two. How many rounds have you got? Three. Because you got three questions for each, so you thought you'd be pedantic and round them up to three. What? No, I've got three rounds, three questions each. So nine questions. Why nine? Why not make it an even number? Because you usually go in rounds of three. I don't know. You could have two rounds of five. No, anyway, right, stop. <laughs> stop questioning my <laughs> game. Like to piss you off. I know you do. Round two. Story number one. A family were in a home one night. With the father downstairs studying and the rest of his family upstairs sleeping. All seemed fine until he heard a knocking, sorry, a struggling coming from upstairs from one of the bedrooms. When he runs up the stairs, he finds a a home invader holding a knife, with the knifeman killing the father soon after. He had just killed the son and then the dad, and then moved up to the third floor, where he found a mother and daughter hiding. They were also stabbed to death. The killer then makes himself at home calmly eating their food from the fridge, using the family PC, How do you know this? Taking, an, taking a nap on the sofa, and even using the toilet. Hours later, he leaves without stealing anything and leaves his clothing behind, neatly folded in a pile. He's never heard from again. I know, but I mean, how do you know that the dad heard it from the noise and went upstairs? Maybe he was already upstairs, so that one must not be factual. I said, save your guesses till the end. Story number two. An author, in a bid to reinvigorate his career, moves his family into the home that was once the setting of a snuff movie in which the entire family is murdered with no sign of who the killer was. He vows to solve the mystery. He quickly finds out that living in the house may have been a huge mistake. And story number three... Is that the woman in black? (laughs) And story number three... A father returns home from work to find his daughter is missing. With her being 18, though, he wasn't too worried. The next morning, she is still missing, so calls the police. He calls all of her known associates, and the only person that has a usable lead was a five-year-old neighbour who saw her getting into a green Corvette. The police suspected a secret boyfriend, and the two had run off together. She was found a week later, stripped naked, wrapped in plastic, covered in bruises, with missing teeth and dumped in a ravine by a railroad. The dad then finds someone on the street who has a green Corvette and doesn't believe the police when they say that it wasn't him after they questioned him. The dad then goes to that guy's house and kills him. He was suspected of being a convicted rapist at the time when he killed him. When he gets home, he sees the five-year-old again on his driveway playing with his toys. The boy asks what's on the guy's shoes asking why they're covered in green stuff. He stops dead as he looks at his shoes in the light and says that they're actually covered in very red blood, not green stuff. The colourblind. The Corvette was actually red. Chills. Literal chills. (laughs) Was story number one, two, or three the fake? Sorry, the real. I keep saying that wrong. It's one real one and two fake ones. I think the last one's fake. So you think the... Colourblind. The colourblind one, yeah. Okay. I think the first one's fake, which leaves number two. So you think the author moving his family back into the house of a snuff film is real? Story number one is the real one. Shut up. Yep. It's the set... I know, but how would you know the the details of that? It's the set of Gaia family murders, and it's completely unknown what happened to them to this day. Um... And then they kind of have an idea of what happened because there's like sort of the way they're all killed and like the way things have been left 
is like they just sort of know that's that's what happened. Uh, story number three is a short story from Reddit. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite stories. And story number two is the plot. My grandma. <laughs> and story number two is the plot for the movie Sinister. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite horror movies ever. All right, so unfortunately, you've got none right. But you have one more chance at redemption. One more chance at chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh, is that what I'm bringing you? Well, I've got a Monopoly voucher for them. <laughs> right, so round three, story number one. A man <laughs> used... Scream! <laughs> a man used to live in a building in a bad neighbourhood. His neighbour was a... Fresh we- Prince of Bel-Air, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> His neighbour was a weird guy who kept to himself a lot. At around midnight, every night, the man would hear what sounded like high heels walking about quietly. After a few days, the man noticed that it was the same pattern over and over again every night until he moved out. A few years later, he was helping his daughter with homework and he learned a little Morse code. That was when he learned the Morse code for SOS. Do you get it? Yeah, so the person above was doing Morse code SOS, SOS. every night. Yeah. Next. Also, why did you think it was above? What? Why did you think it was above? Because I'm sure you said above. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Just that high heels walking about quietly. I never. Usually when you hear high heels, I It could be you. next door. Or it could have been against the wall. That's like knocking on the wall. <laughs> Up the wall. Right, so story number two. A couple have reached the meet the parents milestone of their relationship. Oh, this one's a fake one. It's obviously meet the parents. And the girl invites the guy <laughs> up to her parents' house for a weekend. Yep. He at first thinks that he has that her family is nice and really accommodating, albeit a little bit nervous about the fact that she's dating an inter- they're in an interracial relationship. Eventually, as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries are made, and the truth is even more twisted than one could have imagined. And story number three, final story. A woman who was said to be an absolute sweetheart among peers and family had gained a doctorate degree. She lived in a small apartment complex while doing further studies and, a, and had befriended most of her neighbours. One of them, though, was obsessed with murder and obsessed with her. She even emailed her boyfriend about being paranoid about someone entering her home when she wasn't there. She also feared that she was being watched. One day, she went silent. Her sister raised the alarm and found that she was missing. A late night search party was gathered, including the guy obsessed with murder. Soon after, the woman's torso was found in a wheelie bin next to the apartment complex. Fast forward a little, and a TV station interviewed the, assess- the obsessed guy, who was calm throughout the whole interview, until the interviewer mentioned a torso being found. He changed completely and ended the interview. He also had a bizarre hobby of using a master key to enter people's apartments and steal stuff. He was in the interrogation. He was interrogated for hours, and after they left, the obsessive just stared at the security camera for five straight minutes while sitting completely motionless and unblinking. The guy was then later charged. So was story one, two, or three the th- real story? I said it right that time. All of them. No, no. There's only one. I keep telling you this. Which one's the real one? One, two, three. Which one was the answer? I'm not telling you. But I said the answer. No, you didn't. I you did. said one, two, three. Yeah, that's one of the answers. You have to say one of them. One, two, three. No, no. Say one. One, two, three. Say one, so the answer's one. <sighs> right, going back, just to remind you, right, is it the guy who lived in the building with the SOS? No. The people with who interracial parents? No. Or? I think it's the last one. You think it's real. the last one? With the but guy then who... I feel like I've watched this sort of stuff on CSI, so it could not be at all. I just want the chicken nuggets. <laughs> right, quickly, lock down an answer. Three, two, one, go! Three. Hey, you win! I win a chicken you nuggets. You win chicken nuggets. They were free anyways. <laughs> I'll buy you some more. I'll buy you 20. So yes, story number one is a short story from Reddit. Story number three is the Lauren Gettings murder. And story number two is the plot for Get Out. <laughs> I thought something that you'd stand and meet the parents or something like that. So that was my pattern. Short story, uh, plot for a movie. You should have um, used Disney and then I would have sussed you. 
Why would I use Disney? I like use a horror used, movie. Well, you could use something like Finding Nemo. Like that's not a horror movie. They all come and the mom gets killed, and then they the little boy's got a little bit of damage on him. His arms shorter than the other but one. He's not a little boy. He's a little human. He's a little boy. He's a little fish. He's still a boy. Well, maybe Pinocchio is classed fish. as a little boy, but he's an actual wooden puppet. This is getting into weird territories. <laughs> right, anyway, so the rest of this episode, how long have we got left? We've only got about half an hour. So for the rest of this episode, I actually wanted to explore in more detail that last one I told you about. The Lauren getting the Lauren Giddings murder. It's really f- fucking weird. And I've, there's, there's also a video element to show you as well, which I'll, um, I'll include the audio in the broadcast once it gets to that. I'm just going to quickly load that up. All right, so this is the Lauren Giddings murder. So, Lauren Giddings was a huge overachiever. Um, just like me? Yeah, just like you, I guess. I'm not <laughs> an overachiever in the slightest. She's a, she was a really sporty person and someone who actually gave a shit about the people that she, that was in her life. In 2011, she graduated from the Walter F. George School of Law in Macon, Georgia, where she was able to earn a Juris Doctorate degree, which would enable her to get a career in criminal defence. Um... That basically means she was a doctor of law. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, being a doctor of law. Because yeah. um, you fix people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> fix people in a jail. Um, well, she was defence, so she was like keeping people out of jail. Oh, she's a bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> That's a minor thing. Um, her hard work was going to finally pay off when she completed her studies, but that wasn't going to be the case, unfortunately. Um, she died. Hmm. Spoilers. <laughs> Between 2008 and 2011, she lived in a small apartment complex near to her uni. And when you look at it, it looks like a stereotypical motel from movies with like just a touch more class. Just a little bit more class. Then you know them, them, them motels where it's like double stacked and there's like yeah. the big walkways. It looks like one of them, but it's just much smaller. Um, s- Smaller complex, but bigger rooms the area was considered to be incredibly safe which meant that lauren was able to do to go and make friends with nearly all of our neighbors one of them was a classmate and she was like so a little bit closer to him so the rest of them were neighbors but one of them was a neighbor and a classmate his name was stephen mcdaniel of course mcdaniel was seen by everyone as socially awkward just like you (laughs) not like this guy (laughs) So Giddings saw McDaniel as a friend, but McDaniel saw Giddings very differently. McDaniel didn't have many friends, and anyone who did associate it with him said that he would often talk about pulling off the perfect murder. One of his two favourite things were evidently his obsession with murder and stalking Lauren. At the time, Lauren was dating a 49-year-old who was in the same field as her, and emailed him a lot about how she thought that she was uh, feeling a bit paranoid that someone had been getting into her apartment when she wasn't there. So, you know, like, you kind of leave something somewhere, and yeah. then it just something moves. Yeah. It's like, or something goes missing, and you just can't explain it. That's the sort of things that were happening. Like socks. Like socks. And you have one sock. And... Yeah, sure. Or underwear. <laughs> I'm serious. Underwear. That's what he was stealing. Gross. Yeah. Um, on June 29th, 2011, Lauren's sister, Caitlin, tried to get into contact with her, but failed. This didn't feel right to Caitlin, so she got into contact with one of her friends, um, Ashley, and asked to go and see if she was okay at the apartment, and you know, even just see if she was there. And just so you know, Caitlin, uh, sorry, uh, Lauren was actually going to university in Macon, Georgia, you know, where Walking Dead set. Yeah. Lauren was from Maryland. Like, one is basically the top of america and one is the bottom of america so she was very far from home so yeah. it's not like a, it's not like a family could have just came and like checked on her like easily and that'll become a little bit more horrifying later on um so ashley used a spare key um to get into the apartment when she saw that there was no answer and found lauren was missing a phone and her purse was still there as well so she immediately called 911 that weekend, Lauren was supposed to be moving out of the apartment and finding a place with her boyfriend. But when the cops investigated, they found that nothing had been placed up. Had they, uh, sorry, had been packed up. 
all of our belongings were completely untouched. Ashley and her... That's strange. Yeah. Ashley and her boyfriend... Um, it's as if she'd been gone longer than... Mm. So Ashley and her boyfriend gathered a late-night search party to try and, you know, locate Lauren. And who joined the, the search party? The guy that I find. The murder-obsessed next-door neighbour, Stephen McDaniel. Police officially declared Lauren missing and police started to look for evidence of foul play. Soon after, they noticed a rancid smell coming from the wheelie bins that belonged to the apartment complex. Investigators pulled out a heavy black bin liner and found a dismembered torso inside that belonged to a female. So, so where's her head and her legs and her arms? That's a good question. That's a good question. Lauren's family, who were in Maryland, found out by reading a Macon news site about the find... And they just instantly knew that it was Lauren. This prompted the dad to drive 11 hours straight from Maryland to Macon in utter agony. His name was Bill. Could you imagine having to drive all that way with the knowledge that your daughter is dead? And when you get there, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. It's that, that to me is just fucked. Um, a DNA test did actually confirm that the torso belonged to Lauren. They tested the DNA from Bill and Lauren from yeah. the torso, and it was a match. This meant that the police had to search every nook and cranny for the remainder of her body. And there's this harrowing photo of like a, a bird's eye view of um of searchers looking through landfill sites. Now you imagine how much trash is thrown out how many bin liners that'll be, and going through every single one of them trying to find a dead body or like parts of a dead body I couldn't even begin to was think she how she was alright yeah she was alright <laughs> I can't think who she looked like though I, to compare I'll show you a picture of her later to cut a long story short they never found the other pieces of her body still to this day mm-hmm. what the never been found police were in danger of the case going cold and did the guy get arrested for it well we'll see the police were in danger of the case going cold and were getting desperate. They took various things as evidence from her apartment to test and uh, for DNA. But they hit a break when they looked at the bathtub. When was this? 2011. Um, they hit a break when they looked at the bathtub after exposing it to luminol. That's um, the substance that makes yeah. blood glow. I know. I watched CSM. <laughs> Fine. What makes it glow? The UV in it? No. <laughs> the iron? No. It's when the luminol mixes with the hemoglobin. That's what makes it glow. The tub looked utterly horrific. I'll show you a picture of that later as well. Like, it is... So she must have been chopped up in the tub. Yep. They concluded that her murder and dismemberment took place inside her own apartment and that that meant that her killer actually knew her. Police started to interview her friends and acquaintances, one of which was Stephen McDaniel, um, and was interviewed by a local Macon news station out in the public. Throughout the interview, he seems very calm and collected, until the interviewer tells him that the police had found a torso. Uh, That sentence I've written there doesn't make sense, but anyway, they'd found a torso in one of the wheelie bins. His demeanour quickly changed from calm to just about to fold in on himself. So I'm going to play the footage now, and I'm going to um, play the audio on the podcast. So here we go. No one's heard from her since. And did you see her hang out with anyone at the time, and like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no, no one has seen her since Saturday. I haven't seen anything. I mean, you always hear noise outside, but it's just people walking by, pretty much. And you, uh, she just recently graduated from Mercer. Yeah. She and I were, we were both JD students. Um, we graduated back in May. What kind of person was she? I mean, how did you, what did you see? I mean, she's as nice as can be. I mean, very personable, very much a people person. Do you know anybody that, any enemies she might have had, somebody that might want to hurt her? No, I mean, we're, we don't know where she is. I mean, Seems pretty normal, isn't he? The only thing we can think is that maybe she went out running and someone snatched her. Because, I mean, we went at, we went over, one of her friends had a key, we went inside and tried to see if there was anything amiss, but, I mean, she had a door jam that was 
sitting right by it, so there was no sign that anyone broke in. I mean, the door was locked when everyone got here. I mean, we, we just don't know where she is. I mean, what about um, in the, like, the parking lot area? I know they've been doing a lot of, I think that's where they have recovered the body or whatever they recovered from there. Body? Um, had you heard, had you seen anything there? Did you see anything there? Right. I mean, we don't know if this is the same person. You know what I mean? Like, they took out a body there earlier. We don't know if it's the same person or not. So that's how we're trying to ask people if they know who lived there. Are you okay, sir? I, I think I need to sit down. Okay. Okay, that's the uh, first clip of... Uh, so... But he, like, if you're watching that at the time, you might not think that it was him. Mm. Because you might just think he's grieving for his friend. He just found out his friend's being killed. Yeah, well, he's he's found out, wait, hang on, this might not actually be a missing person case anymore. This might be a, a murder investigation yeah. now. Yeah, and it's right where, where I live. Yeah, so that's him being, oh my god, my friend's dead. Or is it? There's a little bit more of that, that, that footage. I'll put a link to it in the um, in the episode notes if you want to watch it. Um, so I've actually written that there. That could be someone devastated to think that their friend was dead. Or it could be someone with a god complex who was about to have his world collapse in on him. Police then found a hacksaw in the apartment complex maintenance room that had um, bone and tissue fragments still in the teeth. That DNA also matched Lawrence. This made police clear nearly everyone who had been considered a suspect, leading to more fears that the trail was running cold. Desperate again, police began entering neighbouring apartments. Um, they quickly turned their attention to McDaniels, who had for the most part been cleared up until that point. Once in his apartment and once they had stared stared <laughs> and once they had started looking through his belongings mcdaniel told them about an obscure pastime of his mcdaniel told them that he had a copy of the master key to the entire complex and would enter his neighbor's homes while they were out and once he was there he would steal belongings mainly women's underwear now what was lauren emailing her boyfriend about someone going in an apartment and she wasn't there her paranoia wasn't paranoia McDaniel was now prime suspect number one, and they charged him with burglary for the time being. Police, While in police custody, he was found to have scratch marks on his body, found women's underwear in his own drawer, and the packaging for a hacksaw. His laptop had some fucked up searches on it as well in the history. So, you think a guy like this. His search history might be similar to ours when we're researching for this podcast. Like how to dismember a body. I hope you haven't been looking up that no, for the podcast. I'm, no, but I mean... You'd be right. <laughs> His search history included things such as nude Lauren Giddings, molest sleeping girl, escape prison, choked unconscious how long to wake up, and how to erase browsing history. Someone doesn't know about incognito mode. <laughs> exactly, but like the how to erase browsing history, that's just hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> he searched how to do it and then didn't do it. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, there was also a video camera found that showed him trying to film through the bedroom window of Lauren. The timestamp on the footage said that the video was from the same night that she had been murdered. A flash drive was also found... And it contained numerous pictures of... Lauren. Child porn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What is it about people wanting to see stuff like that? I don't, I don't get it. Bloody rotten. It's more than that. So they basically had Stephen McDaniels dead to rights at this point, but they'd still had to question him. The footage of which is available on YouTube as well. Investigators interrogated Stephen for hours, and it's pretty uncomfortable to watch um but after a while he basically just answers i don't know tonight every question numbly the most chilling part comes once they leave the room though Stephen proceeds to simply stare at the cctv camera motionless for five minutes straight silently and unblinking this footage is two hours and one minute long and it's entirely footage of him being 
interrogated. And this is at the end. Just look at it. Like, how creepy is that? Then she looks like they've just paused the screen. Yeah, but the the timestamp's still ticking. Yeah. But he's just staring at the camera. So weird. And it, it keeps going. That's 60 seconds later. Another 60 seconds later. Another 60 seconds later. He's just not moving at all. It's absolutely fucked. And then, another, and then, and then eventually come back in and he starts looking at him again. But there's a two-hour interrogation video on YouTube. And he just does nothing in the whole thing. But he starts out answering questions like a little bit. But eventually he's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's really creepy. So jumping ahead a little bit. He was charged with the murder of Lauren and was given the option of a plea deal as long as he gave a detailed confession at his trial. In April 2014, he told in court of how he entered her apartment at about 4.30am and stood over her watching her sleep. She soon after woke up and freaked out at a man standing over her in a mask. And he responded by choking her slash strangling her for 15 minutes. During this, she was able to roll off the bed and rip off his mask. And she was able to see who was trying to kill her. Imagine that. You think that you like friends. Mm-hmm. He was probably jealous as well. He yeah. probably really liked her. And then she's going out with that man. Thought, like, if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah, and it's not like she was, like, dating an older man to get, like, ahead. Like, they actually were looking at apartments to, like, move in together. She begged him to stop, but he refused. Once dead, he dragged her body over to the tub and did exactly what you think. He fled the apartment. Um, He went out to find ways to try and hide the evidence. That night, he went back with a hacksaw to remove all of her limbs, and then they were dumped two days later. It's thought that his obsession with Lauren, coupled with the fact that he was coming to an end of his uni, meant that she was going to be leaving his life forever and that he was not ready for that to happen. He wanted her to stay in his life. But then he's just got rid of her forever and ever. It was a case of, if I can't have you, no one can. I literally just said that. There was never any evidence of sexual assault, and he denied that as well. So that's one saving grace, I guess. Stating that she had died in her pink running shorts and that he had left them on the torso, never removing them. Now, could you imagine how this would have gone if they never found the torso? I don't know. It would... Here's a question. How did the rest of it get removed, and not the torso? I don't know. The bin men were running late on the day that they he were found. He everything. No, no. He dumped them in different places, oh, right. and he put the torso in his bin. Uh-huh. And the day they were supposed to take it was the day it was found. But on that day... But the heaviest bit in his bin because he didn't want to carry it as mm. But on that day, the bin men were late. So, so when the police it. smelled that smell, if they had been on time, the police would never have smelled it. Mm. Like so he's written a formal complaint with uh, the council. <laughs> <laughs> Your bin men were not prompt. bin men <laughs> would have got away with it. So McDaniel could have actually gotten away with it. And what was he obsessed with telling these friends? About ways to murder people. About pulling off the perfect murder uh-huh. and he could have done it very easily yeah. so Stephen was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 2041 with Lauren's family not wanting him to get the death penalty Why? Bill her dad said that they didn't want to think about him anymore and hoped that he lived a long life Suffering. in the worst possible way Stephen McDaniel is currently housed at the Valdosta State Prison until at least 20 41. And then when it gets to 2041, her parents should turn around and be like, no, no, we'll, we'll actually... Well, it, there's a chance that he might not actually get out. That he, might be, he might be denied parole. So, um, Right, I'll show you a picture of Lauren now. So that's Lauren Giddings. I recognise her, I think. But even look at McDaniel at his trial. How fucking deranged does he look? He crossed the road and looked both ways in the alley. He's <laughs> bong eyes and... Uh, he's a, he, he looks a bit deranged. Like, even with his hair tied back, he looks deranged. But then when you look at him with, like, with his hair going fucking mental. Why did he have a master key to begin with? That's a good question. I never found out how he got it. But yeah, that is the murder of Lauren McDaniels. And all is wrong with the world. <laughs> Some sick and twisted people out there. I mean, it's okay to be obsessed with murder and stuff when you're, I don't know, recording a podcast. But. To actually go through with it. Yeah, it's just fucked up. Anyway, I'm going to offer you some mental floss. Would you like to take some mental floss? Yeah. Here you go, here's some mental floss. (laughs) So what have you done this week that's distracted you from 
Murder and shit. Working. Sleeping. There's two very important things that we did this week. Oh, we booked our train tickets for Disneyland. I wasn't thinking about that, but okay. okay. Um, But yeah, we're going to Disneyland, so we'll book our tickets to get there. Yeah, just your birthday. Just your birthday. And my anniversary. (laughs) They happen to be on the same day. (laughs) My bad. Oh, my good. means I'll never forget the date. But you forgot the date of our last anniversary. And I made you a cake. Right. I didn't forget the anniversary. You did. I just didn't know what day it was that day. So you forgot. No, I didn't forget the anniversary. I know the anniversary is the 27th of April, but I didn't know that that day in particular was the 27th of April. So you forgot. In so many words. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the thing I was thinking of that we saw Endgame. Yeah. No spoilers. What'd you think? I cry. <laughs> Why did you cry? I can't spoil it. Was it when Batman died? It, no, it was when um, it was when Kylo Ren died. Oh, right. Yeah, that you was know, bit... that part. That was a bit tough to watch. Yeah. But it made up for it at the end when they all did a La La Land dance. Yeah. It was really weird And choice. then Annie came out. Didn't like the fact that Hulk pushed his SoundCloud the whole movie. No. He's not a good rapper. <laughs> we're just kidding. Or are we? You'll have to see it. And then we watched Game of Thrones last night, episode 3, season 8. Oh, God, you were not prepared for that. I cried. A lot. Someone that I really liked died. It was Gollum. Gollum died. <laughs> I think we might... Hmm. Hmm. I'll cry when Cersei dies because Cersei's my favourite character. When? She might not. She might not, but if she does. <laughs> I think she probably will. If you want, now this is totally up to you. Don't have to. How about we do a little mini sword where we spoil both of them? Okay. Yeah. It'll be like 15, 20 minutes long. We'll just okay. talk about them. Not right now, but we'll, we'll do it in like a couple of days' time. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So what cool. else were you thinking of? Because it was our anniversary, so that should really be mentioned as a part of your mental. Oh, plan. was that episode three? The other thing I was thinking about. Because I made you a cake. It was Endgame in episode three that I was thinking about. And I and that cake was lovely. I know it was because I made it. No, it was because it was your granddad's recipe. That's why. But I made it. I could have tipped like balls of it, but I didn't. No, you didn't. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, people. It's in my jeans because my granddad was a baker, my dad was a chef, so it's in my jeans. Literally, because I got fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Fat with a pH. You haven't got a fat ass. You got a fat ass. It's douchey. Huh? Juicy. Oh, juice. I think it's douchey. I was like, you haven't no. got a douchey ass. You got a juicy ass. I went to the competition, didn't I? Mm. I might post your ass on the companion no, photos just, just as a reference Compare it to Captain America's <laughs> That is America's ass <laughs> This is Newcastle's <laughs> <laughs> That is Jordy ass Anyway Alright, thank you very much for listening guys Don't forget you can listen to this podcast On iTunes slash Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Google Play Music Spotify And Pocket Casts um, and also, for the next episode, I want some audience participation. So, I want to know, we want to know, what the creepiest thing to ever happen to you was. Keeping it broad, but I want it to be personal to each and every one of you that's listening. So, email in at podcast at gmail.com podcast at gmail.com um, So if you email that that email address, it'll be in the show notes, it'll be on the website, yada, yada, yada. Um, make the subject line nice and creative. I want to see something creative. Um, but yeah, just email in what the creepiest thing to ever happen to you is. And it can be, suspend disbelief. It can be paranormal. It can be, you can think it might be ghosts. You can think it's your brain playing tricks on you. That one's got a caterpillar and my sugar snap peas. I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> Is that creepy? Well, it was. Because <laughs> it was like a bug in my dinner. I was tormented by like... a poltergeist for 37 years. <laughs> I got a caterpillar in me food. <laughs> no, like, do you know, like, sugar snap peas? Like, what the fuck I like... Is sugar snap peas? Like, like a pea pod. 
We'll just so say like, peas in a pod. But the cold sugar's not peas. <laughs> so <laughs> I always used to open That's them. That's like me saying, no, oh, I want to eat my Granny Smith apple. Well, you could. It's just an apple. I know, but... Bless you. So with my peas, I would like open them up and then eat the peas out because like... That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, yeah, eat, like, I would eat the pod as well. Ugh. Okay. Why not? I don't eat peas, so I don't know how. I don't know right. the etiquette on so pea eating. I would pop it open, like eat them raw, uh. and like eat the peas. And I popped it open. It's a good job I didn't just eat, like eat them whole because there was a big fuck off cap. <laughs> well, and now I don't eat peas. So you're going on record and saying that is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you. Probably not, but it, <laughs> but it was the first thing that came into my head. Oh, I'm gonna let you go to bed after this. I love. know, I'm <laughs> I do want to have a look in the Jill D- um, Dandel case again. That that's not something that happened to you. No, but I did meet her on holiday when I was little. Wait, what? Yeah. J- so Jill, Jill Dandel, Dandel the right. guy, the person who we don't know who killed her. Yeah. You've met her. Yes. So why didn't you tell me this sooner? Because I didn't know her, like, no, I know her. But, so how did you... So, my mum and dad got married in Barbados uh-huh. when I was, like, three or four. Possibly two. I think I was two. <laughs> no, I was definitely two. <laughs> okay. I think I was two. Dummy boo. Yeah, and I've got, like, a home video of, like, us handing out sweets and stuff. I'm not sure if she's in the video, but we couldn't go through it. Um. So, basically, like, she was staying in the same resort, and... um. She offered to take photos or a video for her for my mum's wedding or something like that. And she was like, she wanted to see what my mum was wearing and like... So she became very friendly. Yeah, she was, apparently she was, like, obviously I can't remember, I was too young. But um, my, from what my grandma and my mum said, she was really, really lovely and like... She grandma? Yeah, my grandma like spoke to her like quite a bit on the holiday and... So what you're saying is we should get your grandma on the podcast? Yeah. She would love that, you know. She really would. She loves attention. Is she there? Oh, watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> but there was a documentary on the other night about her, so I think I'm going to watch it. Well, that's a nice way to end it. I've just got really excited for a future episode. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening. You can listen to us on all those things I said before. Email in cdadpodcast at gmail.com and get creative in the subject line about the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you actually i've got mine well email it in well what's the point i'm emailing myself okay i have mine and you you were we there with i was with you yeah i left mcdonald's and i saw that thing across the road i knew i knew you were gonna say that i knew it right we'll save that for for, for the next episode yeah. it was creepy as fuck though right so thank you for listening i've been jake i've been tired <laughs> <laughs> i've been charlie <laughs> And we'll see you next time. Au revoir. Good night. (laughs) I'm going to bed.